0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of the Players NIL podcast. My special guest today, I'm really excited to dive into his business, his life, and his wisdom, is Nick Bonacore. Nick, welcome to the podcast. Mark, thanks so much for
1: for having me on. I am, uh, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to dig in with you. Appreciate you.
0: Cool. Well, before we talked about your mission and your life with the Reform Sports Project, I ask the same two questions of all of my guests because I think one of our missions here is to use athletics to better our lives. And most of my guests and most of the people in this industry come from an athletic background, but I use two words, Nick. One is sports and one is athletics. Sports is the fandom part. Athletics is the participation part. Let's start with sports. Tell me about your childhood, some of your heroes, the teams you watch, the people you watch games with. How did you get involved with sports?
1: I mean, it started in my house. I mean, like a lot of people, I have two older brothers, um, Ted and PJ. They are, you know, eight and six years older than me, respectively. And, you know, sports was a big deal. We were very, uh, I'd say, you know, middle to lower middle class family. Grew up in Waterbury, Connecticut, which is a very blue collar, you know, space and town. And it was that it was sports, man. It was sports. I actually grew up where I Waterbury's about just under two hours from Boston and about an hour and forty minutes to Manhattan, New York City, so it's almost like the dividing line between Red Sox and Yankee fans. Uh, my dad was a New England and Red Sox fan, so that's the way we took. And and, and I grew up, you know, it's funny because nowadays it's like, oh, you're a bandwagon, you know, you're a New England and Red Sox. I was like, well, I grew up in the the '80s and '90s, and it was like the most uncool thing in the world was to be a Red Sox and. Uh, Patriot fan. Cause we didn't, that never won. We were the biggest, the Red Sox in particular were the biggest choke artists. So, um, you know, but that spawned my, you know, my, my thirst and my eagerness to, to, you know, to be in athletics. Um, but more importantly, it was the competition, you know, having two older brothers, um, particularly and my father and my mom were, obviously wanted us to be very, very active, um, three boys in the house, but, my brothers were uh, were athletes in their own right. They both played college sports. And growing up, I mean, to me, they were, you know, I always tell people it was like, for me, I might as well have been living with like my father. My brother, Ted, was the Dick Budkiss of my life. And my brother, PJ, was the Joe Montana. I mean, they were the, oh my God, my, they're on the cover of the newspaper and all that stuff. And, you know, that's what I wanted to be. And it was all sports every, every season. And the times have changed. And we were in New England, so we couldn't really play baseball year round or anything like that. But it was... Football season, you played football. Basketball season, you played basketball. And baseball season, you played baseball. And, you know, a lot of playing in the street with your friends and, you know, playing pickup games and just anything that we could do to compete is what we did. And, and you know, that's what it was. And and my heroes as far as athletically, God, I mean, I'm a big Michael Jordan fan. Who didn't love watching Michael Jordan? I, I actually met some people who didn't like it. And I, I couldn't believe they didn't like him. Walter Payton, uh, Mike Piazza was my guy you know, uh, for baseball just because of the Italian, man. I was like, I got to find one guy, and he he was him, and and I can go on and on and on. Ken Griffey Jr. loved watching him, but all those folks are what, uh, you know, drove me to become interested in sports and lead me down the path of athletics.
0: That's a great story, and I know that dividing line in New England, I've been there, and just so you know, I can sympathize with your early fandom because I'm a lifetime New York Jets fan, and it's been very painful, so I, I get it. Yeah, exactly. So you become a fan. You're playing all these street games. You're doing all these things. Your mom's kicking you out of the house. You start to play organized sports, all three sports that you talked about. When did you realize that you could use athletics to create opportunities and better your life? What Was there a moment? Was there a season? What What was it when you said, oh, I can go to the next level?
1: You mean when did I think that I was going to be able to play in college? Exactly. Um. I never didn't think about it. I don't know. It was like uh, it was I just always knew it was going to be a part of my life. Like I never, you know, I got to watch my brothers and, you know, God bless my parents. My dad, rest in peace. My mom's still alive. She's awesome. But, you know, neither one of them. Great people. It was more important for them, for us to be good people, be good citizens, compete hard, be good You know, human beings than it was to get A's. You know, they wanted us to do fine in school and not be a nuisance, but it wasn't like we were the most focused on education, if that makes any sense. You're doing, pat, you're passing your classes, you're being a good person, we're good there. So for me, it was like sports is going to get me to college. I hated school. I just didn't like it. And to me, it was like the only reason I would go to college was because I wanted to play baseball. Um, so I can say that for me, uh, it really started, right there with uh you know with my foundation of of I wanted to go to college to play baseball and as a result of going to college to play baseball I would get a degree i always felt like a degree was a byproduct of me going to play baseball for 4 years um and, and i think that's when i thought you know i didn't realize till after i graduated college and started working in you know, financial services. And, you know, I was in New York City and competing on Wall Street and all that, that I realized where my athletics helped me experience, helped me in my professional life. But it was really when I'd say about high school age, I saw both of my brothers go on to become college athletes. um, And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Like, it was never a discussion of where you're going to go. It was just like, that's what you're going to do. And it just kind of fell
0: into place. Yeah, well, it falls in line with using athletics to better your life. You created an opportunity to go to college and maybe academics weren't the focus, but the byproduct was an education experience, all your teammates, all the life skills that you gained, right? So let's fast forward to your current project, the Reform Sports Project. And I read on your website, your mission, restoring health, balance, and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. The players NIL, our second mission statement is how do you use athletics to better the lives of the people around you? So I don't think that these are very far apart. Right. Mm -hmm. Tell me why that's your mission.
1: You know, as someone who I'm a parent now, you have five kids, I have six. And as someone who's, you know, whose life became better as a direct result of my, you know, sport experience and those lessons and such still help me to this day as a 44 year old, you know, father and and husband um you know I I started seeing as my kids were competing in different sports and I was coaching that it just seemed off the culture seemed off it didn't seem like you know um it just seemed like everyone was kind of doing this for this intent on some finish line it was not very much focus of being in the present enjoying the moment and I was like I find myself kind of getting caught up with like keeping up with the Joneses and like wh- who's playing where. And, you know, we're talking about eight, nine year old kids and, well, we got to go here to get here and this and that. And I'm like, what is going on here? It just I, as I was going through it with my kids, I found myself getting caught up and I realized like something's not right. I started to look online to see if like there was information, if anyone was kind of feeling the same way or if there was like resources. And I really didn't find too, too much Out there covering the youth sports space and i i what really got me you know motivated to to really start to be a voice was i kept hearing this narrative of early sports specialization um that's what really kicked it off for me i was like who who are these idiots like advocating or more or less selling to parents the idea that in order to get to some quote unquote level they have to do this or they're going to miss out. And I was like, that's bullshit. Part of my language, but that's a sales pitch. Like that person's trying to close you. Like what? what, what? And I, I started really taking it personally because I, I like to consider myself a halfway decent salesperson. I, it was almost like once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. And I, I felt like, screw all these idiots. They're not going to pull the wool over my eyes. And that's really what got me going. It took me down this, you know, this path of where we are now, you know, almost five years later. And tons of content, a team, and, you know, tons of reach. And, and, um, you know, we're realizing that this is a, this is an issue. There's a need, there's a need in the space for education and people feel the same way that I do. they're looking to, to places to find information to help them make the most informed decision. And that's where we want to step in.
0: That's a great answer. So the vision statement on your website is to be the leading destination for content focused on healthy Holistic approach to view sports. So right in line with what you just said. So tell me about what you do, what your reach is, what your connections are, and how you're empowering people through the use of this platform. So I was
1: I'm very fortunate through my sport experience that I got to play with and against and compete for some really impactful folks, particularly in the sport of baseball, who are still involved in the game today. My first head coach in college was Mike Fox. He just retired a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, was the t- head baseball coach at the University of North Carolina for 22 years. And I would put him right there on the Mount Rushmore, potentially, of uh, of the best college baseball coaches of all time. And he's coached plenty of big leaguers. And a good friend of mine is currently uh, the head baseball coach at North Carolina. That's Scott Forbes. I got to play for both of them when I was at North Carolina Wesleyan. And I was fortunate enough also to play summer baseball and some collegiate wooden bat leagues in the in the um, the New England Collegiate Baseball League, and uh, and uh, also in the uh, uh, part of my lang- uh, part of me, the New England Collegiate Baseball League, and also in the um, for the Wilmington Sharks in the Coastal Plain League, and I got to play with several guys who went on to become big leaguers, and you know through those connections, those relationships, being teammates, we still stay in touch to this day. So I started to go to them early on and ask them, like, what are you seeing? You're still recruiting. You're coaching in the game now. They all reiterated kind of what I was feeling, saying they're seeing it on the collegiate end and dealing with it as parents. And also, um, they were all down to speak and to talk and to connect me with others. So I would just interview them. And then I'd ask, hey, you know, Tim Corbin, you know, Coach Fox can, or whoever, can you connect me with him? Coach Leggett from Clemson, who's another legend. I got to connect with him through one of my teammates I played with in the Coastal Plain League. All these guys were willing to not only talk to me, but utilize their networks to help carry the message and allow me to kind of expand my network. And it's just amazing the tentacles of of sport. And that's really where it started. And it continues to grow to this day.
0: Well, I love your website. I love your mission. I love your vision. I just pulled a couple of headlines from some of your recent blogs. And before we go, we'll plug your website but just give me one or two sentences on why you wrote these blogs I'm just going to bullet point a couple of them early to ripe early to rot I love that two sentences what does that mean
1: that means man
0: slow down you know it's like I'm
1: trying to make people understand everyone wants to have their kid be the best eight-year-old nine-year-old And I get it you want your kids to be the best but don't underestimate the value of being a late bloomer don't underestimate the value of having to go through struggles early on being that smaller kid you know not being the best you know once puberty gets, sets in for everyone it's a whole different ball game so it's the emphasis on I think we all played and competed with you know folks who were the best at 8 9 10 11 12 and next thing you know they're not even playing in high school let alone college so it's like trying to give people a perspective of slow down we don't have to race everyone has a different path and everyone's body grows at different times and just to give examples of uh, uh, to people and information as to why it's okay to let nature run its course and we don't have to be in such a big rush
0: I love it we'll talk about that at some other point next bullet point youth sports as a catalyst for academic performance
1: well I'm speaking in regard to kind of my own experience in, in that regard you know uh, I don't think there's any secret that there's a correlation between listen, if you want to play sports, there's a certain bar that you got to hit with being eligible academically, right? And that's just the baseline uh, to be eligible, let alone, but the things that you learn along the the way in sports, like discipline, accountability, you know, punctuality, all these things, being able to work in a group as a team, being able to take direction, all of these things that you learn in athletics translate to the classroom, they translate to business. So that's the whole reason why I wanted to dig into that topic and show the correlation. So people understand there's more to it than just what happens between the lines or on the court. It translates to life and also in the classroom.
0: Last bullet point blog: D one or bust. What do you, what does that mean? Tour shit. Part of my language.
1: Uh, I, I, you know, I'm biased. Uh, I, I probably wasn't even that good enough, but even if I was my grades, quite frankly, we're definitely not making the baseline to be, you know, at one point, I don't know if it's still the case, but in order to qualify to play division one or division two, you have a certain GPA coming out of high school and a certain SAT score. I didn't have have it, so I had no choice but to go division three, uh, but it ended up being the best fit for me. I was part of a national championship team, got played for a Hall of Fame coach, um, teammates for life. So I want people to understand like chasing while it's great and some kids can go and you know and i got to play for 4 years you know i was i was a i was a contributing member of my team a starter for 3 years a team captain as a senior and i wouldn't trade that experience for anybody it's basically give not every if you there's a if you want to compete in college there's a place for you doesn't mean you're going to play at ohio state doesn't mean you're going to play at the university of north carolina but there's a place for you the minute you become closed minded you're shutting off an entire potential avenue for you to go down, which might open up something down the road. So be open-minded, find the right fit. And that's what I'm speaking from my own experience in that regard.
0: Well, you're preaching to the choir here. You know, I say there's an opportunity for everyone. And the last thing I just want to interject is, you know, as a experienced adult now in my life, here are the two things that I've come up with that are two greatest things parents can give their kids. The two greatest things parents can give their kids confidence and opportunity. And I believe athletics can do that. You can do it through math and science and art and history and all kinds of ways. But for those of us growing up as athletes and using sports to better our life, now as parents, as community leaders, as business leaders, confidence and opportunity. Tell me why the Reform Sports Project is focused on similar goals.
1: I think it's because I want people to understand that there's more to it than meets the eye. You know, it's, 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 you can easily go watch a youth baseball game, a youth football game, volleyball, whatever it is, a wrestling match and focus on the performance that's taking place in front of your eyes in that moment. Or you can, and and I think sell yourself short, or you can look at it through a lens of, wow, what a great opportunity that my kid has to develop as a person Um, confidence and struggle and skills and work ethic. There's so much more to extract from the experience when we take it from a vantage point of how is this going to help shape my kid from a human being standpoint versus an athlete standpoint. The athlete piece to me is just a byproduct of competition and The participation, all those other things, those intangibles in many ways are cultivated and developed through the process, through the struggle. And when we look at it through that lens as parents and coaches and not look at it solely from the the narrow perspective of performance and we really stay in the moment, understand this is about something bigger than just what we're seeing right here. It allows us to have a different perspective, at least for me as a parent, to, it's okay if my kid struggles. Matter of fact, it's a good thing. It's a good thing if they're not the best. Like, I'm going to help teach them. I'm going to help them understand, like, how was your, listen, oh, dad, I struck out three times. So what? Did you try your best? Did you, did you, did you have fun with your teammates? Were you a good listener? Did you compete hard? I, as a parent, can focus on those things, build my kid up so that he wants to go back and compete. And maybe because... You know, I tell him I'm proud of him for trying his best or whatever. I saw he was a great teammate in a situation. It makes him want to work hard. You know, all those things are, to me, what the true value is. And unfortunately, there's not enough people out there conveying that. It's so stuck on performance and in the now and winning at all costs that those great things that transcend and, and follow us through life can sometimes be lost. And uh, I think it's important to, to focus on those, to allow – because we're missing out. We're missing out if we only sell ourselves short on performance and winning, particularly at young ages.
0: Well, that's a mic drop, you know, segment. So I I can't, I can't add any value to that. It's called the Reform Sports Project. Nick Bonacore, where can we find you? How can we follow you? Is your chance to shamelessly plug all that you do?
1: Geez, well, I appreciate it. You can go to reformsportsproject.com where you can find, you can subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast, which we, uh, release episodes. We just released episode one Oh six on Wednesday, um, bi-weekly. So, you know, twice a month, we have new episodes coming out. Like I said, there's 106 episodes in there with some very, very, very awesome guests. The next episode that drops is right uh, ahead of college basketball season. It's with Jay Billis, who many of you know, uh, from college basketball and ESPN and as a former player and coach, um, Weekly blog every Friday. A new one just dropped this morning. You can follow us on Twitter, Reform Sports Project. It's Reformed SPTPRJ is our handle. Uh, I'm at Nick Bonacore on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and, of course, Facebook, Reform Sports Project, and Instagram. Um, You can follow us there as well. I try to put out as much information as possible with links to all of our content. And there's going to be a lot more coming down the pipe. Um, I partnered with the company Octagon who is, you know, one of the largest sports agencies in the world. They represent athletes from Steph Curry to Michael Phelps to Simone Biles. And we work closely on a daily basis. We want to continue to grow this platform and be an asset so that folks have, listen, we're not, this is one thing I always want to convey, convey is that we're not trying to help you make decisions. We're trying to help you make the most informed decisions. Everyone has their own path, but at least if you have the pros and cons and have other people's experience, you know, you can make the most informed decision. That's what we're looking to do.
0: Awesome. Well, Nick, you've been a great guest. I appreciate your time. I, I enjoy following you. I wish you nothing but the best. And, uh, you know, congratulations on your success to date. I know you've got a lot in your mind that you want to accomplish and no doubt that you will. Thank you very much.
1: I appreciate you, Mark.